Continuing with Hasnul Muslim, the book of Adhkar and Adiyah, the book of remembrances and du'as, we are today going to take the Adhkar pertaining to the Adhan, Adhkarul Adhan. So the author he says, يَقُولُ مِثْلُ مَا يَقُولُ الْمُؤَذِّنْ إِلَّا فِي حَيَّ لَلصَّلَاةِ وَحَيَّ لَلْفَلَاحِ that the person when they hear the adhan they say similar to what the mu'adhan is saying except for in the statement of hayya la salah wa hayya la falah in these four statements yaqul la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah the person says la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah firstly we look at the um, where the hadith came from the hadith was collected by imam al-bukhari except for a certain portion of the hadith which i'll explain in a minute Laftul Bukhari and Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu Actually all of this particular hadith was from Bukhari The one I'm talking about is another hadith which we take later uh, Laftul Bukhari from Bukhari and Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu That the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said إِذَا سَمِعْتُمُ الْمُؤَذِّنِ فَقُولُوا مِثْلُ مَا يَقُولُ If you heard the Mu'addin calling to the prayer Making the adhan then say like the Mu'addin is saying Okay Saying like the Mu'addin is saying, it doesn't mean obviously that we all stop what we're doing and we go ahead, we stand up and we start proclaiming the Adhan loudly. Rather what you do is you reply to the Adhan quietly so that you can hear yourself. And one of the fiqh reasons from a fiqh jurisprudence perspective of the reason that we don't raise our voices, apart from it going to cause a commotion if everyone starts raising their voices making the Adhan, the fiqh perspective, the jurisprudence perspective is that the adhan is made loudly so that people can hear it and respond to it. But we are not calling the adhan for people to respond to, we ourselves are responding to the adhan. Rather we're repeating the adhan to take part of the ajr, to take part of the reward, whether you be male or female, whether you be in the masjid or outside of the masjid. If you hear the adhan being called, the live adhan being called, then you respond to it, but you respond to it quietly. Why? Because as we said, that you are not asking people to respond to your particular adhan. You yourself are responding to the adhan, so you do it quietly and not loudly. The hadith it mentions, or the author he said to us, um, when we hear hayya ala salah, okay, we should say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And also we say the same when we hear hayya ala falah. Firstly, what does hayya ala salah mean? It means come to the prayer, okay? So you're hearing the call, which is being made throughout the globe at every section of the earth at various times. So wherever people are in the globe, throughout the day the Adhan is being made, due to the variant geographical locations and time zones. So the time of Dhuhr comes in one side of the world and then it starts moving all throughout the world, right? Throughout the world at different times the prayer comes in. So the Adhan is being called throughout the world. Al-Hayya'ala-Salah, come to the prayer, come to the prayer is being proclaimed by millions throughout the world. And millions are responding to that call. And that's an amazing thing to think about. Reflect upon it. How many millions of people are responding to the call of Allah Azawajal, saying come and pray. Whether they pray in the masjids or whether they pray in their workplaces or in their homes. Millions are responding to the call. Therefore, reflect on the majesty and the power and the richness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who else has control over the creation like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does? The call is instructed to be given, the call is given, and then people respond to that call in their, in their millions. That shows you the majesty and magnificence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we are truly blessed to be from those 
who worship this amazing Lord of ours, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Supreme. And when the person says, Hayya al falah, we're also supposed to say, La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. What does Hayya al falah mean? Hayya al falah means come to success. So when you are responding to the adhan, and the, the adhan is saying, Hayya al falah, come to success, you should automatically remind yourself that if I want success in this life and the next life, I have to respond to the call. I have to establish the salah in its preserved times and not delay it. I should pray it as early as possible. If it if it's the case that I'm able to do that without harming myself or harming my livelihood, then I should respond to the prayer as early as possible. As Allah says that very the salah has been prescribed for the believers at fixed times and we have to pray within those times. And the best of the times to pray is in the early times if possible. And for the men they should pray in jama'ah, they should pray in the masjid if they are close to the masjid. Because the Prophet said Whoever hears the call to prayer and then doesn't respond to it, so there's no prayer valid for him unless he had a valid excuse to keep him away from responding to the prayer in the masjid. So if one is close to a masjid and able to respond to the prayer in the masjid, to the call, then he or he should respond to that in the masjid. So come to that which gives you success. We remember that if I'm leaving off whatever I'm doing and I focus now on the prayer, then I'm going to be successful in the hereafter. And also, when I return to that which I left off, I'm going to be successful in that because Allah will put barakah in that for me and help me to be successful in my worldly affairs also because I worshipped him. I put him first above and before the matters of this world. So then we're supposed to say when we hear hayya ala salah hayya ala al-falah in these two uh, sentences which are repeated twice we say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah whereas in the other sentences we repeat them as we hear them. But when we hear Hayya ala salah come to the salah, or Hayya ala al-falah, come to success, we say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And as we know, la hawla wa la quwwata is a phrase that we've studied before. It means that we are uh, we are um, admitting that only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala controls whatever takes place in the universe. So we, rele we, we relegate our affairs to Allah, we make tafweed of our affairs. We give up our affairs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to control and to take care of because none can have power in the universe and movement in the universe without the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So there's no ability to move from one position to another position or from one state to another state like the state of obedience after being in the state of disobedience except with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is a beautiful phrase and it has so many meanings as we've taken before but look how beautifully it's placed here by the lawgiver, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon the tongue of the Messenger Muhammad sallallahu that when we hear hayya la salah and hayya la falah we're supposed to say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah why? think about it, why? because there's no movement, there's no power there's no ability without Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowing that for you or giving that to you so I cannot respond to the call of the prayer I cannot respond to being successful in this life and the next life unless Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills that for me and allows me to do so so it stops me from ever being arrogant. It stops me from ever thinking that all of this good that I'm doing, that is because of myself. No, you realize and you remember that always it's because of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's blessing upon you only. 
is why you are able to do the acts of worship and that prevents us from being arrogant and it always keeps us connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of being subservient to him and knowing that we need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, this is a benefit that we're going to take from the explanation of this uh, dhikr that we uh, when we hear the call to prayer we repeat the call to prayer as the mu'adhan is saying it except for when we hear hayyal as-salah hayyal falah we said that we say la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah the author he says idha qala al-mu'adhin fil adhan al-fajr when the mu'adhin says in the morning prayer as-salatu khayrun min an-nawm as-salatu khayrun min an-nawm that um, the prayer is better than sleep what are we supposed to do here we also we're also supposed to repeat this phrase because it fits into the generality of the meaning of the hadith of Abi Sa'id al-Khudri which we are taking uh, the one that we mentioned which is in Sahih al-Bukhari so we don't say things like some people say mistakenly they say sadaqta wa bararta okay this is something which is not authentically reported from the Prophet also as a benefit also when you hear the iqama if you're in the masjid you hear the iqama being established where we say qad qamati salah qad qamati salah those set of words those phrases and sentences um, you're also supposed to repeat them why because the prophet sallallahu said in one of the narrations bayna kulli adhanain as-salah he mentioned it three times and then he said in the third time liman that between the two adhans there is a prayer and in the third time he said for the one who wishes to do so so if you're in the masjid and you hear the adhan and then they, uh, uh, between the Adhan and the Iqamah, you can pray Nafil. You can pray two rak'ah of Nafil if you wish to do so. And this, that is something which is good. And sadly, it's a sunnah which is lost in many masajid. For example, when the Maghrib Adhan is given straight away, they get up and they pray the Salah without giving time for that sunnah or that Nafil to be prayed. So anyway, going back to the point that is pertinent for us, is that the Prophet ﷺ said, Bayna kulli adhanain, That between every two Adhans, so he called the Adhan, the Adhan as we know, and he called the Iqama, the Adhan also. So the Iqama being a form of Adhan means that we should also repeat it, right? Because it fits in the Hadith of Abi Sa'id al-Khudri that we are taking. If you hear the one giving the call to prayer, giving the Adhan, then repeat like he is saying. So the Iqama also fits into that. So the person should repeat the Iqama and he shouldn't say the um, the words which are not reported from the Sunnah, which is Aqamaha Allahu wa Adamaha. People they say this and this is not authentically reported from the Prophet. So one should reflect upon the meanings of the, the Adhan. One should reflect upon the meanings of what we are doing, repeating the Adhan, and especially saying La Hawla wa la quwwata illa billah when it comes to saying Hayya la salah and Hayya la falah. And we should truly want to be in a place where the the atmosphere the surrounding, the environment is filled with these words, the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I remember living in the Muslim countries and the beautiful scene would be that you, when you respond to the call to prayer, you go into the masjid, you, you, you hear that and it just fills up the surroundings and it fills up your soul of course because you're thinking about what you're doing, what you're walking towards and, and you're so in love with hearing these words of magnificence and grandeur for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you're happy to see other believers uh, taking the same path as you towards the masjids and sometimes you would be in a park or a shopping mall and you would hear the adhan loudly or you and it would just be something so beautiful so we should always try to be from those who want to live in a muslim country so that we can benefit from the adhan and have that experience affecting our soul in the way that the adhan does the next 
dhikr that we're going to look at is a very important one when you hear the adhan after having heard the adhan what you say you say Allahumma rabba hadi da'wati tama wa salatil qa'ima ati muhammadin il wasilata wal fadilata wab'athu maqaman mahmudan alladhi wa'adta innaka la tukhlifu al mi'ad and the Prophet said, whoever says these words, whoever says these words that we're going to describe and explain, then my intercession for that person will become permissible for them. They will, meaning that they will get my intercession on the day of judgment with Allah's permission. Why? Because they were somebody that always prayed on time. They were somebody that always reflected upon the, the dhikr and responded in the way that they should. So anyway, this hadith that we're going to take, it's essence is in Bukhari however that which you find within the brackets which is the following words verily you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't go back on your promises or don't contradict your promises or break your promises this is an addition which is found in the collection of Imam Bayhaqi and others and from those who authenticated it was Shaykh Ibn Baz so in any case let's go ahead and look at the meanings of this wonderful dua that we are supposed to say after having repeated the adhan. So we're saying, Allahumma Rabb hadi da'wati tam. Allahumma Rabb, it means that the Rabb, huna bima'na sahib al-da'wa, allati shara'aha. Here it means the Lord and the owner of this call. The Lord and the owner of this call, not the creator of the call. For technical reasons that I won't bother to go into because that becomes quite technical in understanding aqidah issue, which is very important, but it's not our place here at the moment, inshallah. But in any case, what it means is, as the author is explaining to us, that it means uh, Here it means the owner and the Lord of this call. Allahumma Rabb. Hadihi da'wa. When we say Hadihi da'wa, it means this call. Okay, Hadihi da'wa. And it is the da'wa of Tawheed, the da'wa of calling to the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's, of course, the words of the adhan. Ibn Mulaqin Rahimullah said, Wal Murad bi da'wati tama, da'utul adhan, summiat bi dalik li kemaliha, wa edemi mawkiha, fala naksa fiha wala aib. So this da'wat, this hadi da'wa is the adhan, right? And it's the words of Tawheed. And as Ibn Mulaqin said, it's da'utul tama, it's the complete call. Why? Because it's the call to the worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, and it's the call to establish His worship on this earth so that is a complete call that has no shortcomings or no fault in them Allahumma Rabba hadhi da'wa oh Allah the companion or the owner of this call hadhi da'wa this call atama the adjective atama meaning the complete and perfect one that has no shortcomings in it whatsoever Imam Atibi rahimahullah said inna mawusifa da'watu bitam verily this call was given the description of being complete لِأَنَّهَا ذِكْرُ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى because it's the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala يُدْعَى بِهَا إِلَىٰ إِبَادَتِهِ it is used to call people to his worship وَحَادِ الْأَشَىٰ وَمَا وَلَاهَا هِيَ لَتِي تَسْتَحِقُّ صِفَةُ الْكَمَالِ وَالْتَمَامِ and this call of calling people to the oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to the worship of Allah and that which is connected to it that is in fact deserving of being described as being a complete and perfect call وَمَا سِوَى ذَ and that which is other than this what we've just described from the worldly affairs then of course comes upon the worldly affairs that which is that which has shortcomings and that which has faults so after saying Allahumma Rabba Hadi Tama we say As-Salatul Qa'ima okay the prayer which is established 
meaning يعني أنها ثابتة راسخة لا يحصل لها تبديل ولا تغيير. That this call to prayer it's fixed and it's permanent. No change can come to it and nobody can play with it. Okay, it's firmly established as being an act of worship established by Allah subhanahu wa taala in the Sharia. And in fact, as you come to know, when you study fiqh, subhanallah, that the prayer has to be established even when the Muslims are fighting to defend themselves in jihad, even when the bullets are coming close to their heads, even when there's bombs taking place in their vicinity, they still, a group amongst them, has to establish the prayer. They have to pray even though they're in that very extremely difficult situation. So this la, this salah al-qa'ima, this established prayer, the one that is about to be prayed, Okay, uh, meaning that when you say this uh, dhikr, you remember that this is a prayer that is established by Allah and it's never to be left off. And then you say, Ati Muhammad, you're begging Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that from his mercy and his compassion and his from, from his benevolence and his uh, grandeur uh, and his overwhelming uh, kindness that we are begging him to give Muhammad وسلم, the following. And who is Muhammad? Muhammad وسلم, the final messenger to mankind. And the meaning of Muhammad the one who is praised much, praised much and praised often. Ati Muhammad al Wasila. Oh Allah, from your grace and bounty, give Muhammad al Wasila. manzila fil Jannah. It is the highest position that a person can achieve in Jannah. Muhammad That the one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala specifically given to his slave Muhammad. So Al Wasila is a specific place which is has the meaning of al-qurba closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and some of them they said it means shafa'a it means the intercession but in any case it's a specific position which is given to the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the closest that one can be to Allah azza wa jal and we also ask Allah to give Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam the fadila hafid ibn rajab rahimullah ta'ala he says annaha idhar annaha idhar fadilatihi has mentioned in his Fath al-Bari. Ibn Rajab, he has al-Fath al-Bari, not Ibn Hajar al-Sqalani, Ibn Rajab al-Hanbali. He says that it means that you are asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you say, Oh Allah, give Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the fadila, you are asking Allah azza wa jal, Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, give Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam a status whereby you show everybody from the rest of the creation that exists how virtuous Muhammad is. So we, we're asking Allah to put Muhammad up on a pedestal so that his virtue and his position can be shown to the rest of the creation. And then we say, Oh Allah, send forth Muhammad to the maqam al-Mahmud, the position which is praised, the praiseworthy position. This is a position which is only for Muhammad. So on the Day of Judgment, you will see and we know that the Day of Judgment is an extremely difficult day of 50,000 years or so where judgment will take place and people will be standing for such a long period of time that they will be absolutely shattered, absolutely tired. The sun will be close to many of them as a form of you know, torture and punishment and some of them the sun will be so close to them that they will be drained uh, according to their sins that they will be drowning in their sweat a very difficult horrendous situation so the people they will be running around frantically looking for someone to intercede with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the shafa'a the intercession the greatest shafa'at al-udma to intercede with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
to start the judgment so that the judgment can start so that either go to Jannah or they go to the hellfire they're thinking that it's got to be better than that position that we are in now where we are standing for thousands of years Allah knows how long in such a difficult tremendously difficult situation so they go to Adam Islam and they said to Adam Islam you are our father you are the first of the prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or the first of Allah's creation please intercede with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but Adam Islam says I have my own mistakes that I have to worry about nafsi nafsi so he's too worried he's saying myself myself so then they go to Nuh Islam and Nuh Islam says the same things my mistakes and then they go to Ibrahim Islam who says the same thing mistakes and Isa Islam Musa Islam like this they go to all the major messengers and prophets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hoping that they can intercede with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to start the judgment on the day of judgment but nobody will do that until they come to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and he will say ana laha ana laha I am for this I am for this right maqam al-mahmud as we explained the, the situation the, the station of being mahmud the praiseworthy one maqam al-mahmud is for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam which is that he is the one that would be able to intercede with Allah azawajal so that the uh, so that the intercession can start, so that the judgment can start on the day of judgment. He will say, Anna laha, anna laha, arsh. And then he will prostrate under the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will teach him some remembrances and some du'as that have never been taught to anybody in creation before. Muhammad sallallahu is the first that will receive these words and then he will use them to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to beg Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with. And then Allah will be pleased with these words. And then Allah will say to Muhammad, O oh Muhammad, raise your head. And ask and you will be given. And intercede and you will be allowed to intercede. Your intercession will be accepted. And then the day of judgment will start and people will be relieved from the difficult, tormentous state that they were in. Okay? So Allahumma rabba hadi da'wati tama wa salati al-qa'ima ati Muhammadin al-wasilata wal-fadilata wabahthu al-maqam al-mahmooda al-ladhi wa'adta wabahthu al-maqam al-mahmooda Raise him to the state of maqam al-mahmood where we just explained al-ladhi wa'adta the one which you had promised him innaka la tukhrifu al-mi'ad Verily you are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala don't go back on your promises you don't do opposite to your promise you don't break your promise innaka la tukhrifu al-mi'ad Shaykh Uthaymin when explaining this he said the promise is broken generally due to two things one there is a deficiency in the truthfulness of a person but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is completely truthful right there's nobody more truthful than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and another reason people break their promises is that they don't have the ability to fulfill what they promise but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most able and the most complete in his ability so knowing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most truthful and most able, then we know for sure that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never breaks his promises. That's why we say, Oh Allah, you never break your promises. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, It's going to be the case of Muhammad وسلم, that your Lord will raise you to the situation, the station of being Mahmud, which is that you will intercede for the creation on the day of judgment with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's permission in the intercession which is the intercession to start the day of judgment some further reflections of what we've said um, the author says Rasulun al-Kareem our, our beautiful generous prophet messenger ma'a kawni sayyidu walad adam wala fakhr 
that the Prophet ﷺ is the best of the creation, best of the sons of Adam, and there's no showing off in that. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned in one hadith, Anna Sayyid Walad Adam, Yawm al Qiyamati Wala Fakhr. On the day of judgment, I will be the best, or even in this world, I'm the best of the creation, the sons of Adam, and there's no arrogance in that. I'm just stating a fact, and that is the fact. Except that bearing this in mind that the Prophet ﷺ is the most complete of creation, the best of Allah's creation, okay, the most closest to Allah in, in love, etc. However, bearing all of that in mind, the Prophet ﷺ still doesn't own for himself goodness or to, pre to prevent harm from himself. He's a slave from amongst the slaves of Allah, but the highest in rank of them, the most complete of them. However, he doesn't own for himself goodness or own for himself prevention of harm. Therefore, he doesn't own it for anybody else except with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a very important point in Islamic belief because too many people are going astray with regards to the belief and the position of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Important words. And that is why Allah, the Prophet sallallahu encouraged us in many places to make dua for him. And that's why he's not made dua with alongside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our du'as are only made to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Another point, Shafa'atul Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la illa ta'ala. That the intercession of the Prophet is only with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it's the great intercession, the one that we just described for the Day of Judgment to start, or it's the intercession wherein the Prophet ﷺ will be able to take out groups of people, groups of believers from the hellfire that went to the hellfire first and then they are destined for Jannah after the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ removes them. Um, this is a type of intercession. However, this intercession is only for the group of people that Allah ﷻ is already pleased with to be removed from the hellfire. It's not that Prophet Muhammad ﷺ chooses who he wants. Rather, it's that Allah ﷻ allows for the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ to intercede for a group of people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is pleased for them to be removed from the hellfire and that would only happen with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's not something which the Prophet owns, rather it's something which is given to him from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah says in the Quran, وَلَا تَنْفَعُ الشَّفَاءَةُ إِنْدَهُ إِلَّا لِمَنْ أَذِنَ لَهُ And the intercession on the Day of Judgment is not beneficial with Allah except for one that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already given permission to. right? So all of this reminds us of important points that we should be pondering upon and reflecting upon and we should truly want to be from those that are in places where we can respond to the masjid regularly and we can respond to the call to prayer if we are men and even the women in the houses if they are not uh, in the masajid they can respond to the call to prayer when they hear it and they can definitely ponder upon the reflections that we have given and more than that which is found in books of scholars uh, to increase us in iman and to increase us in knowledge in the hope that we come close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Anything which was correct was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The shortcomings and mistakes were for myself and shaitan. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Inshallah we'll see you on the next session. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.